Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted. Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Knightsky. Well, here we are at the end of June 2023, and I'm looking forward to an extended break with my family. We're heading on our biggest family trip yet. It will have lots of opportunities for learning and loving, and I'm sure a lot of lessons that I can bring back and share with you. However, as we all head into summer here in the Northern Hemisphere, I want to challenge you with an activity to support your well-being and equally as important, the well-being of those that are in your service and leadership, like family, loved ones, friends, and colleagues. Heck, sometimes even random strangers. In many of our lives, we realize too late that we've gone too long without thinking through what is going on with us mentally, physically, and emotionally. Usually, it is until it's long past the time we needed to address ourselves and we've either damaged ourselves or those around us. And many times, all of it. With that line of thinking, let's take some time and do some smart thinking this week and bring an actual process to our lives so that we can, on occasion, stop and reflect on why it is that we are acting the way we are and how it is impacting us and others. Summer and vacations are a perfect time to formulate a change in your behavior, and I have created a tool for you to use for yourself as well as others. We are finally in the position in the world to work on our mental fitness. So let's get to it and lead the way for others as well as number one. Yeah, you. As a quick reminder, we're all Buffalo leaders who charge into the storms we are facing, and we do so with optimism, perseverance, and tenacity. We are also guided by a few qualities, mainly empathy, reflection, and gratitude. Sidebar. The other day, I was presenting and someone came up to me at the end and asked me to explain the difference between perseverance and tenacity. My eyes must have bulged with the level of enthusiasm coming from my noggin. Well, I said perseverance in my simplest terms means we never give up on ourselves. We are constantly getting back up, accepting defeat and failure, learning from it, and moving forward. I've never met anyone who's been able to go back in time, and that way we can focus on forward-moving lives. And tenacity, my friend, is when we never give up on those we serve and what we believe in. Tenacity is a power behavior. Tenacity to me is that we never give up on our beliefs or those we believe in. Tenacity is a stubbornness within us all to do what needs to be done in order to serve and support, and we never, ever quit on those two things, our beliefs and those we serve. I mean, a perseverant, tenacious person who's optimistic, well, that'll blow your mind because when you run into that type of person, they only have one gear, a storm-chasing, hard-driving overdrive that'll lift everyone around them. It's what we should aspire to be every day. Well then, what do we do if that hard-charging buffalo within us starts to slow down, get irritable, feels like it wants to flip off the storm instead of running into it? Well, we need a process. However, I need to share a little story before I give you that process, and it's about the week where time was literally standing still and irritating me. About a decade ago, my doctor changed my life when he said to me, Ted... You are your own problem, and only you can fix it. Those words pop into my mind a few times a year, and what he taught me after guilting me into listening to him changed how I looked at work and my life balance. You see, I had just returned from a vacation in Florida with my wife and two children, and during the vacation, my wife Megan was not really impressed with my incredible restlessness. 
Now, I am restless by nature, and as someone who was born caffeinated, I don't really sit around very much. I'm the rolling stone that never grows moss on it kind of guy. But on this particular trip, I was really struggling, and my doctor pointed out why. You see, I had a new job that year, and it was my first senior-level leadership position. I was a superintendent of schools, and the year was very challenging, coming off of everything that you can imagine, from politics to local crises. And it was my first time in any situation like that. The local paper, a couple of local bloggers, Facebook staff, community members, talk show hosts on large radio stations in the Milwaukee area. It seemed like every day I was dealing with something significant and racing from one crisis to another and one thing to the next. And as a result, I was always on and never off. I grew into a machine of reaction, super tuned into whatever we were dealing with and whatever was coming and working 12, 14, 16 hour days, coaching, being a dad and a husband, volunteering and always, always doing something. I actually really liked it because as a restless spirit, I was always busy, which is why it was weird when after nearly nine months, I finally took a week off and went to Florida with the family. It was the week that time stood still. You see, after running around like a lunatic for nine months, I was not accustomed to waking up and not being rushed. I was so attuned to my habits that on the first morning, I was up before everyone. Went for a run, worked out, cleaned up, read, made breakfast for the kids, and was ready to go to the pool. And then my mother-in-law came in out into the kitchen in a robe and asked me, what are you doing? And I was weirdly in a rush, and I said, we're going to the pool. She said, you can't. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? I just SPF'd the living daylights out of the kids, and we're ready. And she said, it's only 8 a.m., and there's no noise until 10 I, honest to goodness, looked at my watch stunned. I thought it was close to lunch. You see, we can be moving so much, working so hard, and focusing so much that we don't know what to do when the world puts us into a low gear. We don't know how to respond because our mind is used to racing, and now we can't respond to a new pace. Pretty sweet rhyming scheme there, right? Anyway, my kids looked at me disappointed because they thought we were going to the pool, and I was disappointed because I thought it was noon. Almost the entire week was like this. My mind was racing, thinking about work. I was present, but not really. And I was getting irritable that every time I looked at my watch, it was only 10 o'clock. It's only 3 o'clock. It's only 4.30. And then I woke up on the sixth day, and my mind had finally allowed time to be time again. I have this gift that I've learned many others have as well, and that is the gift of constant overthink. I couldn't stop thinking about why I was not able to adjust to the time. And the closest example I have for you is when you suddenly have no one around you and you have an hour or two just by yourself. And in those two hours, you get like 13 days of work done <laughs> because you have no distractions. Imagine that for days and days and days. I was actually calling into the office looking for stuff to do and thank the good Lord my assistant wouldn't give me anything. Throughout the trip... I talked about what was happening to me with everyone around me. And they were like, yeah, we noticed you can't sit still. Now, my kids, well, they were loving it because I was constantly up and moving in the pool. Let's go for a hike. Let's go to the Everglades. Let's go on a jet boat. I, I, I was blown away by how much time I had. But it was that sixth day where suddenly my entire being felt different. I was like, what is this feeling? It was a quiet mind, a rested body, and my normal albeit crazy amount of energy. The feeling was, well, it was me being normal. When I got back from my vacation, I noticed my mind was crisp. 
My reactions were appropriate and measured, and my temperament was level. Other people noticed it as well, and they were not afraid to comment or ask, what happened to you on vacation? Well, I needed a break and was too busy driving myself to realize that I needed that. I feel guilty when I'm sitting still by nature, not working or not helping. But there is a point when it is too much. And when many times we don't even realize it, well, that's when we find ourselves in a storm. That we forget we need to get ourselves out of it for a breather. We're actually headed not into the storm, but too close to the sun. And we're burning out. A week after I returned from our trip, I went to my doctor for my physical. And he asked me how things were going. He went through all my analytics, told me things looked pretty good. And I shared with him what I experienced with time and how I was feeling. And that's when he said to me, Ted, you are your own problem and only you can fix it. He then went on to look me in the eyes. And frankly, it felt like he was looking into my soul. And he said, if you ever feel this way again, you have a problem and you're going to burn out. When you have downtime, he said, reflect and find a way to increase your balance. (laughs) Then he said something that we both laughed very hard at. He said, there's 24 hours in a day, eight hours for work, eight hours for Ted, and eight hours for bed. (laughs) We laughed pretty hard knowing that that was never going to happen. So this morning, when I was out for a run on the breakwater on Lake Michigan here in my beautiful hometown of Port Washington and watching the sunrise, It struck me that maybe we need to create a process for all of us as we work and sometimes find ourselves getting too far into the work that we forget to have a life. And suddenly there we are, 211 degrees, on the verge of burning out and boiling up. And there is a better way and a better way to start off the summer, and it's by having a conversation with yourself about what is your work-life balance and what is your life like? So let's look at a few things so we have a common understanding of the conditions that we need to create so we can slowly find ourselves getting out of it instead of getting sucked into being burned out. So first, let's look at stress and burnout. So stress is when you're over-engaged and burnout is when you're disengaged. Stress is when your emotions are overreactive, and burnout is when your emotions are blunt. Stress produces urgency and hyperactivity, and burnout produces helplessness and hopelessness. Stress creates a loss of energy. Burnout creates a loss of motivation, ideals, and hope. Stress leads to anxiety disorders. Burnout leads to detachment and depression. Stress is a primary ability to actually physically be damaged. And burnout, well, that's the ability to be emotionally damaged. Stress can kill you prematurely. And burnout, well, can make life seem not worth living. I don't like how any of that sounds. And yet, I think we've all swum in some of those lanes and many of those descriptors over the course of our lives. However, I do think it is time for us to create for ourselves a way to monitor and make sure we don't one day wake up unable to charge in the storms we are facing because we completely lack the energy to be ourselves or we can check some of those boxes off in that list I just read to you. Okay, so we heard what it sounds like. But what does it look like? And what if we created a process for this? I'm going to put together a process guide to you and we'll put it out on our social media as well as on the CISA 6 website under the TH3 tools. So here it goes. What does it look like as you're driving yourself into a time-warping opportunity for burnout? Well, the physical signs and symptoms of burnout are feeling tired and drained most of the time. You're lowered immunity and you're frequently getting sick. Your frequent headaches or muscle pains or aches. You're changing appetite and you can't sleep. Or your sleep habits get messed up. 
and the emotional signs and symptoms of burnout, a sense of failure and self-doubt, feeling helpless, trapped, and defeated, detached, and feeling alone in the world, a loss of motivation, increasingly cynical and a negative outlook towards life and others, and a decreased satisfaction towards a sense of accomplishment, and the behavioral signs and symptoms of burnout, withdrawing from responsibility, isolating from others, procrastinating, taking longer to get things done, using food, drugs, or alcohol to cope, taking frustrations out on others, skipping work or coming in late, and leaving early. That's a heck of a list to reflect upon. So what can cause this? Well, work, life, and personality. Work-related burnout is feeling like you have little or no control over your work, lack of recognition or reward, unclear or overly demanding job expectations, doing work that's monotonous or unchallenging, and working in a chaotic and high-pressured environment that you are blaming others for and doing nothing other than admiring all of the problems. And lifestyle burnout, well, that comes from the list I just shared. It's working too much without enough time for socializing or relaxing, a lack of close and supportive relationships, taking on too many responsibilities outside of the workday without enough help from others or an unwillingness to ask others and not getting enough sleep, and a personality traits that can contribute to burnout. Well, perfectionist tendencies. Nothing's ever good enough pessimistic view of yourself and the world, the need to be in control and reluctance to delegate to others for help. Your high achieving type A personality just drives you into the fire. Okay, enough. So if you find yourself on vacation and unable to unwind or refocus, it's time for some intentional rebooting. I'm going to get you this checklist and I want you to think about this as I'm describing it, because it's going to have three columns. First column, what does it look like? Second column, what causes it? And the third column, what to do about it? The third column is the most important. It's what gives us the opportunities and fuel to charge into the storms that we're facing. Because if you can occasionally look back at the process guide to assess where you are as you are driving hard, well, then you know the signs to reboot. I use reboot because sometimes our technology even gets stressed. I once had a tech director explain to me that a computer, our phone, an iPad, anything that gets plugged in gets so many things going on at one time that sometimes it gets stressed. The machine slows down and before it knows it or you know it, it just seizes up and then it needs a hard reset or as they call it, a reboot. Every technology in our life, the cable box, your treadmill, heck even your car, if something's wrong, they tell you to do the exact same thing. Turn it off, unplug it, Let it sit for a minute or 10 and then plug it back in or start it up and it reboots. And most of the time it works perfectly well and it's back to its old speed. (laughs) Now, as humans, we can't just shut ourselves off for 10 seconds when we need a little of reboot. We need a little longer. But we can start to reflect as we find ourselves in the daily grind, taking a moment to become thoughtful about ourselves and looking for the people in our lives who will just unplug us. (laughs) which is why this tool will be helpful for you, helpful for others, and allow those within your support to find a way to become aware of the fact that they may be burning the wick out. The third column checklist is called the reboot I need. And here's the list. And the guiding question at the top is, what do I need in order to be myself? Do I need a few days off, a day off, a week off, an evening off? Do I need a free weekend? Do I need to learn about mindfulness? Do I need some quiet moments? Do I need a lunch with a non-work friend? A night out with friends? 
time in nature, extended time for exercise? Do I need to read some non-work-related books, magazines, and articles to create an intentional distraction? Do I need time away from a screen? Do I need music? Do I need to set boundaries and alarms on my phone so that I don't work so long and that I actually get up and move and walk away? It's one of my favorite things about my iWatch is that it tells me it's time to stand up. Do I need to take a nap? Do I need eight hours of sleep five nights in a row? Do I need to reduce or eliminate stimulants in my life for a day or two? Alcohol and, yeah, even caffeine. Do I need to check my diet? Do I need to re-engage in my hobbies and the things that are distractions for me, but allow me to be myself? Do I need to try yoga? Do I need to drive home with no music or the radio on? Now, don't turn me off. (laughs) Do I need to put the phone to bed in another room? Do you sleep with your phone? Because if you do, stop it. Turn off your devices for a few hours at a time. And my last one, which is one of my favorites to help me distract, is to write letters of gratitude that help me reframe everything that's going on around me. It's summer, and many of you have extended time off. But seriously, it's going to start up again. And when it does, you need to process, and you need a process to return to over and over again to review so that you don't find yourselves in a time warp without balance and unknowingly burning out. When I was a young man, I found myself in a car with my mentor, and we were driving past a cemetery. And he said, do you know what's in there, Ted? People who thought that the world could not live without them. We can go all the time thinking that there's no way that the world can live without us, but you know what? Everything will still be there the next day. So you can actually stop it. You can actually go and take the time. When you go to the doctor, they do tests. They draw blood. They put that cuff on your arm and squeeze until you can feel your fingernails. And then they give you a bunch of numbers. But we still haven't found a way to do a mental health screen with a blood draw or a blood pressure cuff. And I pray it'll be coming someday for us all, especially in our workplaces and our lives. But in the meantime, you'll have to support yourself and others by constantly monitoring yourself, looking over the process guide I discussed, and then hitting the list of things to do. I mean... When they tell you you have high blood pressure, well, you reduce salt. They tell you you have high cholesterol. You eat egg whites and stop eating fatty foods and less fried foods. They tell you you're at risk of diabetes. Well, you reduce refined sugars. But people tell you you're working too much or you seem stressed. We hardly take that as a badge of honor. This is dumb. No more. This summer, find your reboot strategy and begin monitoring your stress and burnout levels. Then assess yourself with frequency so that you can grow better for yourself. And most importantly, all of those around you. So let's do some smart thinking. Describe the behaviors you have when you know you need a reboot. List your process for reducing stress and being present. And describe a time when you actually needed a reboot. That's it. That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you for listening, and please make sure to rate and share this episode. Please share it with others, especially around this topic about managing stress and burnout, because frankly, there are too many people in the world who don't even see it coming, and they've accepted it, and it is frankly unacceptable. Thank you to the Well Pennies for the great music. Please make sure to follow and share their music and make sure to download their songs onto your playlist on your musical platform. Okay, 
I'm going to take the month of July off like I always do from the podcast so that I can reboot, learn more, grab more information, develop more tools, and find myself helping you and others, and mostly myself. The family and I are headed on a summer adventure, and we're going overseas. We're going to Great Britain. We're going to Dublin, Liverpool, Manchester, and London. We have two aspiring history teachers in both of our children, one who's going to be a senior in college and one who's going to be a freshman in college. And we've always built our summer trips and vacations around their learning. And this year we thought, well, let's get nuts because we don't know if we're going to ever have another opportunity like this with our two adult children. So let's go see some serious history. Like, you know, the history of U2 in Dublin, the Beatles in Liverpool, Manchester United football, Chelsea in London. Well, we're also going to do museums and walking tours and all of those other amazing things so that we can bring that back and teach others and support their learning and growth. And I'm certain a few podcasts will be sparked on this blessed opportunity that we all have together. And lastly, I want to thank you for listening each week. The Smart Thinking Podcast, it went a lot farther than I ever thought it would. You know, I sit here in my closet each week looking at my wife's collection of jean jackets and sweaters and t-shirts and I better stop because she could hear me. But anyways, each week when I record this and prep it, I love it. And I love it because you listen. It's listened to thousands of times a week. And it's my joy each week to use my learner strength to prep these, research content, and learn along with you. I'm not an expert on all the stuff I'm always talking about. I'm just curious and enjoy learning for and from others. So thank you for sharing them. Thank you for listening. And thank you for giving me something to do every weekend on Saturday mornings. The time flies as I prep, produce, and record these, and this next year will be my sixth season. Enjoy the summer, focus on you, and getting strong for the upcoming year if you're in education. And most importantly, take care of yourself so that you can be the best version of yourself when others need you the most. Reboot, reframe, regenerate, relax, and refresh. I'll see you in August. This song is the Nightski Campfire Anthem. Hey, put the world away. Fight a little longer until you feel okay. Cause there's nothing I can do. When everything's the matter and there's no one left like you. Wait, wait for the sun.
Oh, oh, oh.